Phoebe was playing Hey Soul Sister on her ukulele, and she hit the the first the first. I was like, your lipstick stains. And I went well, in my Valentino white bag, and I lost <laughs> it. I thought it was so funny. <laughs> Welcome to The Crunch, episode 89. It is your boy Ethan, a.k.a. Bro Apostle. And I'm Patrick at Catholic Pet, and this week we have my mom on the podcast. She's out of the room. You can't do that. She left the room. She's not going to be there. Uh, We're officially summer boys. Patrick is done with school now. Yeah. And you're back home. Back home in Florida in the good old FA. What's the? FL? What's the postal code? <laughs> what, what's, the, what's the postal code for uh, Florida? <laughs> it's FL. And I'm, I'm a guest in my own home, like uh, like those girls in, in, I think it's Sense and Sensibility, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. The, the classic the friends. classic Sense and Sensibility reference that everybody craves. Yeah. And, and the straight into my veins, more I'm, Sense and Sensibility <laughs> references, please. I thought of that as I went to sleep. I'm like, I'm a guest in my own home. Because I'm sleeping on an air mattress in my little brother's room. Yeah. And it's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I have a bad back. Poor Patrick. I it is poor. It's it's poor. It's poor Patrick. This is the Patrick. Poor Patrick. This cast. is poor Patrick cast. Uh that's good. Um I've been home for a month. We had our grad party yesterday, me and my brother. He graduated from high school, I graduated from college. This was a big day. Uh I ate lots of big day. I ate lots of barbecue and so I would always have a full mouth so I didn't have to talk to any family or friends, which was a <laughs> great strategy. Don't uh, you need to talk to them to say like, "Hey, I'm doing this mission yeah. thing. You should was, help it, me out." It was more. It was more of a social anxiety goof about how people always joke about not wanting <laughs> to talk to other people. But I actually love talking to my friends and family. And I was so, gonna say, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. No, I did. Social talk anxiety to, is not on brand for Ethan. Not Steven. on brand. It works when you're trying to be relatable, but that's not what this podcast is about. <laughs> um, shoot. What was I saying? What's going on with you? You were, you were talking about you were talking about having a full mouth of barbecue. Every, I did. Well, second. that's you know honestly, I think that's that's, the, that's all you need to know about my day yesterday is that I had a full mouth of barbecue, and it was well. It's great because if you have social anxiety, you can fill your mouth with barbecue, not talk. Mm-hmm. And then if you're a social butterfly or or a, or a, a social um, falcon like mm-hmm. and I, um, you can have a full mouth of barbecue and still talk and to talk people anyway you've mastered, you've mastered the art of covering your mouth and talking while you're eating uh-huh, because what you like have to say kind of is monster. so important that you can't wait that's no, no, no. No, the, thing about, the thing about mariology is patrick <laughs> just finish the bite we'll wait for you like, no you don't understand it's coming out of my mouth as we speak mm-hmm, mm-hmm. let me finish slamming this fanta beverage so that i can tell you about why you're wrong Good reference. Ethan Stevie 2018. Um, so that's been good. I feel like there's other cool stuff that's been happening or other important things that's been going on since I've been home, but, but not really. I played basketball with some high schoolers the other day. I tweeted about this, but it was so <laughs> funny. I watch your mouth. I literally, I, I feel like I'm old. I was the oldest person in the room. And I was like mm. looking around waiting for somebody to like, all right, let's get this shindig going. Let's start playing basketball. And I realized that I'm the person that has to do that. And so it was it literally, we like all got in a circle and was like, all right, we're going to introduce our, each other or introduce ourselves. And I said, I'll start. My name's Ethan and I'm 21 years old. <laughs> and that's all I said about myself. <laughs> Some of these kids had no idea who I was. And so to them, it's just like, this is a strange adult man uh, playing <laughs> basketball with us. I dunked on some fools. It was great. 
that's so funny because like there's a there's a point in your adult life mm-hmm. when like you realize that you're flying with autopilot the whole time and then all of a sudden you're just like oh wait a second i'm completely in charge you're looking around yep. for another adult and there's no <laughs> nowhere to me. be found literally they were playing music on their <laughs> on their portable speaker or whatever and it sounded like it could have been bad i wasn't really listening to the words and i said can we turn off these nasty jams please and they're all like <laughs> oh my gosh who are you Turn on some. I was, I was turn on about, some was folk music. About. Turn on some Mumford and Sons. You can't even do that because they're bad. <laughs> I uh, got the mumps. Okay. I need the mump. We what? No, That's just, the thing. Okay. I I'm I'm very excited for our generation to be old because you know how like we we think of old people phrases like like the bee's knees. It's mm-hmm. like ah, that's such a that's such an ancient dusty uh-huh. phrase. You know, it's like yeah, but yeah, we have so many phrases. We really that are do. Just, like, and I can't wait for 60 years when, like, we fondly look back at the word YOLO and we think, uh-huh. wow. Or I think, we think I think for the rest of my life, I'm going to be saying, like, yeet and <laughs> fam and. That's a good point. Like, you know what I mean? I'm going to be old and my, I'm going to be 65 years old and my grandson, <laughs> my grandson's going to come over. He'll be like, hey, granddad, good to see you. And I'll be like, yeet fam. Good yeet. to see you too. <laughs> Yeet! You want some casserole? Uh, <laughs> oh, gosh. This is my my daughter comes up to me. He says, "Dad, this is your grandson." And I'll be like, "Dope!" <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh! Oh man! Oh, look at him! He's a little. Uh, he's a little 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 crawly boy. Uh huh. We <laughs> no, asked. No, we Ethan, we trapped. Grandson. We trapped my mom in the couch the other day. Me and my brothers. We did a what? bit. We, well, no, it was like we were we were talking in to her. In the couch? No, no, no. She was oh. sitting on the couch, and we were all talking to her. And my my youngest brother Ryan, she said, "Here," he said to her, "What's your favorite kind of boy?" And <laughs> my mom said, "What do you mean?" And Ryan said, "You know, rowdy boy, little boy, big boy, dirty boy, fun boy. Like, what's your favorite type of boy?" And she's like, "I don't understand the question." <laughs> You know, it's a simple, what's your favorite kind of boy? And then I asked her, I was like, yeah, it's just kind of like a genre. Like, if you could pick a genre of boy, <laughs> what would your favorite type be? And I couldn't keep scary, a straight face. Scary boy, yeah. spooky boy. I started laughing so hard. I started crying. Alex and Ryan kept straight faces the whole time, but I couldn't do it. <laughs> and she just, she eventually just ignored us and kept continued watching Dancing with the Stars, which is what a good mom should do. <laughs> so that's been my time at home in a nutshell. Nice. Yeah. I, I've been like, Phoebe's visiting Melbourne, and I'm like trying to show her the the sights and the and the sounds and the smells of the various sections and corners of Melbourne. And literally, we're just like, it's raining. It's been raining this whole week, and we're just like, we want to go to the beach. We want to go to the zoo. We want to go to Disney World, and we can't do any of those things. It's just pouring. So that's that's been my week. Just rain. Finding indoor things to do. That's fun. Yeah, it's kind of fun. Play a lot of board games. Ooh. Watched Ant-Man yesterday. Speaking of board games, have you heard of Risk? Dang it. I was going to make that joke later. Ah. Oh, and I, you took it. I'm sorry. I did. I jumped the gun because I made that joke when I gave the talk last night. Um, That's good. I, I was going to yeah. make a diplomacy reference. Oh, and then we were gonna, or that would have been layered. Yeah. I love Stratego. My brothers hate it, but I love playing that game. I hate all of these games. Can we play Stratego oh, wait, online sometime? Any, anyway, this is not important. So, uh, 
<laughs> the people do not care about our, our board game preferences. So uh, me and Pat were trying to figure out what to talk about today because uh, it's been a long week. Haven't really had a lot of time to necessarily workshop a podcast idea. And so I figured I'd just rip uh, off myself um, from the pot or from the talk that I gave last night. And we can just discuss because I think it's, yeah, I mean, I'm, I think it's important. So down. Yeah. So last night, the summer missionaries that I've talked about before, it's something that I did the past couple of summers. College students come back to the suburban parish and they work with teens all summer and they do things through life teen. And so I'm not doing that anymore because I'm graduated and I'm going to be a focus missionary. So I'm not going to be terribly involved with them. Um, but they did ask me to come and give a talk since I have a bit of experience to come and give a talk to the new summer missionaries just about taking a risk in your relationship with Christ and taking a risk this summer with the teens and with, um, with God and all, all this stuff. And it was, it was decent. And so I'll just kind of lay down like some of the main points and then maybe we can get into it. What do you think, Pat? I'm, I'm down and okay. then I'll, I'll, I'll discuss. All right. So basically I started, I started by asking my grandpa and I said, or not my grandpa, we, we were all eating dinner last night and I kind of asked the table, you know, what's the riskiest thing you've ever done? And my mom immediately off the bat said, marrying your father. <laughs> and so it was like, okay, that's good, I guess. But like, can we, is there, I mean, you obviously wanted to marry him. So it's not really like that risky per se. You know, there's not a lot of danger involved in marrying the person you love. It's kind of scary, but you know, pretty familiar situation. Um, my dad said zip lining <laughs> in Mexico uh, because he's scared of heights. My grandpa said, uh, he rode bareback in a rodeo with no prior rodeo experience. And that was the riskiest <laughs> thing he ever done. I was like, dang, that's pretty good. <laughs> okay, we got to stop this conversation. Yeah, because that's you win. This is my same grandfather that's also wrestled a bear. Um, <laughs> he was in the Navy. This is, one, this is one of those men that it's like, like he, people point to. It's like, yeah, that's a real man. Yeah. Like he wrestles a bear. You wouldn't, like you wouldn't, a pig on you wouldn't know it by, by looking at him nowadays. I mean, he's just like a, he's just a great, you know, gentle old man. But... Back in the day, he was just a beefy boy that would take on any challenge, no questions asked. Um, Riding bareback, which is like the hardest way to ride a horse, mm -hmm. or was it a horse? Or a... Well, he, I mean, he's talked about how he, he didn't want any stirrups, because if you get flung off the horse, then you get dragged behind the horse if your feet get caught in the stirrups, so it's better to ride bareback yeah. almost. Um, mm. But yeah, so that's like pretty risky, because you can get trampled, and people die, and get concussed, and contused, and... Uh, <laughs> It's just pretty scary that he just did that. Um, and so I was just thinking about the idea of risk and like what risk is. What's the I, riskiest thing you've ever done, Ethan? Well, probably um, turning down my engineering job and being a focus missionary. is. That's would, a good point. That's would be probably the riskiest, the riskiest thing. <laughs> Close second place is uh, asking a girl out because <laughs> you never know what's going to happen. Um. What about you, Pat? What do you? What would you say the riskiest thing you've ever done? Oh is? my gosh, I wish I wish I had I had thought of it. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to think about it. And come okay. back to you. I'll I'll come back to you. So I was thinking about I was trying to come up with a definition of what risk is, and I realized I wasn't smart enough to do that. And so I looked up the Merriam-Webster definition, and the definition of <laughs> a risk is. Are you preparing a wedding speech? Is that what you're doing? I kind of am. According to Webster's dictionary, yeah. Marriage. Well, this I'm just gonna give you the context of what kind of I've been thinking about. The, the 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 definition of risk is a situation that involves exposure to danger. Mm. Which one time I cooked bacon with my shirt off, <laughs> that was risky. 
Uh, the most danger that Patrick's ever been is maybe getting some hot grease onto his bare chest. That's <laughs> you need to get out more, buddy boy. Well, I can't. I can't leave. I don't have any shirts. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. So that, that's good. Um, and so then we started thinking about okay, so this is risk. This is risky, right? Is a situation exposing yourself to danger. Um, and so then it's, then you kind of have to go a little bit deeper and say, what is danger? And like the, the concept of danger, it's something that is, it could provide harm to you and it's outside of your control is kind of what I, what I came to. So like you could shoot a gun at a shooting range, right? And that's not necessarily dangerous because it's controlled and you're like in a controlled environment and you're in control of the situation. But obviously if somebody like comes into a bank with a gun, it's very different, you know? And yeah. So it's you can have the same things, but the danger levels go up and down based on how in control you are. So mm-hmm. then, so this is this makes sense. You can extrapolate this with a lot of different things, um, like walking, crossing the street after you've pushed the button and like wait till the light turns green or just crossing without looking with your eyes shut, you know? And so this is what kind of risk and danger kind of looks like in our everyday lives. A couple of examples come to mind pretty readily. And so then... Obviously, this is a Catholic podcast. You know, I'm Catholic, you're Catholic. We kind of have to bring in maybe a little bit of the Jesus angle. So mm. what what does risk in our relationship with Christ look like? Because I think I think if you ask anybody, they would agree. Like if you ask them, hey, do you think you need to be risky in your in your Christianity? Do you think you should take risks as a Christian, as a Catholic? Pretty much everybody would say yes, I feel like. Uh, I think I feel like that's a pretty common understanding that Jesus calls us to a life that is risky. He doesn't call us to something that's safe and comfortable. And that's something that a lot of people know and understand. But I feel like where we really get bogged down is you and I and, you know, the people listening to this that live in a first world country um, that doesn't necessarily persecute Christianity with violence like in the Middle East or, you know, shut down Christian churches like in China or Russia or wherever into communist nations, those types of things, we don't necessarily have to take a lot of risks for our faith. You know, I this morning I drove to church with my family. I prayed. I received Jesus in the Eucharist. I've been able to receive Jesus in the Eucharist every day this week by going to daily mass, and I haven't been shot at or yelled at or no bricks have been thrown into the windows of my church. You know, yeah. like there's not a lot of risk involved with being a Catholic here in America. And so then this and question... we kind of like to pretend there's we kind of oh, like totally. to pretend there is yeah like there, there's there, there is there is an element of like i guess i guess social risk mm-hmm. in living your faith but even right then. but it, but it's like it's like it's like barely a risk because there there is kind of this general air of like people that i meet they're like you know they're not they're not going to look down on you for your religion so they'll, they'll, say, they'll talk about you. they'll just say you do you I mean, because it's just yeah, the whole exactly. it's relativism. I mean, even even if they don't agree with Christianity and they're staunchly anti-Christian, you can isolate yourself. You have the option, like the option, to isolate yourself from those people uh, mm. socially and just surround yourself with other people that agree with you. And you don't necessarily have to interact with people that strongly disagree with you on a daily basis. Like you can block people on Twitter. You can choose not to go hang out with certain people. You can choose to only be involved in your, in your Catholic bubble or your Christian bubble. And you really don't have to worry about it because you can be open with your faith and you can find groups of people in other countries. They don't have churches. They don't have meeting places. They, you don't know necessarily if the person next to you is a Christian or not, because you, you can't tell anybody. Yeah. And so 
we I don't think we understand like how blessed we are and how good we have it. And we like to complain and be like, oh, this is this nation's going to hell. We're not going to do, you know, really? I think we have a great opportunity to to do things. But we but so then it all comes back to like in order to make a change for the bad things that are happening in this nation. I'm not saying that America is perfect by any means, but we have to start to take risks. And so the question is then, what does it look like to take a risk in a place where we don't have to take a lot of risks that you would typically think of? Do you know what I mean? Interesting. Yes. I, I was under the impression when you when you kind of pitched this idea by just saying the word risk. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I, I thought you were implying like risks in your personal prayer life. Oh, I mean, that's too. Mm-hmm. That too. Also that. But 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 please tell tell me a little bit more about like. How, how, how do you take, so in, in outside of like the, or are you going to talk about your risky thing about becoming a focus missionary? I mean, it's not really, I wasn't really going to talk about that at all because like, that's not, that's a unique situation, right? Yeah. I don't think most people, I mean, a lot of missionaries, but the vast majority of, of Catholics and young college students are not going to have to, are not going to be put in this situation where they have to make this drastic life change kind of at the last minute in their last semester of college. Like I did, like that was, that's a rare situation brought upon by many different factors. And it's, I think something that God really wanted me to go through. Um, that's not the case for everybody. Yeah. And so what I'm more thinking of is I like, I think it's just so simple and this is something that we've talked about before and kind of alluded to before, but maybe this is putting in a new light is I think one of the riskiest things that you can do as a Catholic, as a young Catholic as a Christian in general is spending an hour in prayer in silence every single day. It's pretty risky. Like the, if you, I mean, you say that to somebody, you say, Oh really? Like, is that really risky? You're like, yeah, kind of. Because if you go and you truly open your heart to God, to what he wills for you and you say, yes, this is what I want. And you spend time getting to know him. You spend time letting God get to know you. Then if you're, if you're true and genuine and you want to act upon the things that you learn in prayer and that you receive in prayer, that's risky, right? But it's not, it's not immediately risky because you're just going and sitting for an hour. Yeah. But it's risky in the long term. That's a good point. I, there have been, um, they, oh my gosh, I have to sneeze. This is the worst. That's okay. Oh no. All right. I'm, we'll I'm just going to keep talking. And then, uh, uh, never mind. All right. All right cool. I'm good. Cool, cool, cool. I, I, there, there have been a couple of things in my life recently that I like literally as I, it's like, oh, these aren't like sinful things. These aren't sinful things, but I can like feel myself being attached to them. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I know that if I open, open these parts of my heart up to God in prayer, I'm going to need to give them up. And like that made me fear going right. to prayer. And so my prayer life recently has been crap. I tweeted about it yesterday. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And like we, or a couple of days ago, but we, I think, I think we sense the risk in coming to Christ. Oh yeah. And it's like, cause it's, cause we there, give there up is, and cause we give up an element of control. Like we have control, you have control exactly. over those things, those vices, right? You yeah. can, if you're not, you know, totally addicted to one thing or another thing, you can at least control like, okay, this is when I'm going to indulge in this thing. And this is when I'm going to do this thing. And it's not killing me. Like, it's not, not like I'm not like I'm, you know, murdering anybody you know it's just a little just a little (laughs) vice and you we have control of those things but we know in our hearts that if we come to christ with that then we'll no longer have control over exactly i forget what c.s lewis book it is but there it's like and 
they're going they're they're in heaven like it's like a it's like a purgatory to heaven sort of thing and this guy has like a little yes yes and the guy has a little lizard on his shoulder yeah yeah you read it yeah yeah Yeah. i love that book and he's like he's like arguing with the angel he's like well it's not that big of a deal Mm -hmm. right now like he's not he's usually sometimes really annoying but right now he's not very annoying and the angel's like can i kill it and then he tries to go kill it and then it like hurts and that we we experience that in prayer a lot because all of our all of our penances in this life are are purgations they're things that burn away vice right and burning burning something away we i say it all the time and it sounds like oh yes burning away all my vice but then i realize that's something that's going to hurt and then i'm afraid of it and like i don't know i i I know that i have these things in my life that i need to get rid of right and i know that going to christ is going to get rid of them and then then i just have to ask myself like do i actually want to get rid of these things Mm -hmm. yeah hey thank you for listening to this episode of the crunch sorry to interrupt what i'm sure is a stimulating intellectual conversation but i wanted to pause the episode real quick to let you hear from some of our sponsors we will be back right after this yeah and that's that's the thing that will i mean if you go and you pray every day that all starts and you just go to you go to confession you go to daily mass you have an accountability partner like those are the things that are risky because it's revealing your true self and trying to find who god made you to be and we don't want to be who god made us to be we want to be who we want to be <laughs> and and doing all of these things slowly inches us closer towards holiness and sainthood um which at times can be the most unattractive and worst thing and the scariest thing and the most dangerous thing because we are comfortable and we are we feel good where we are where we're at and we don't want to change because we have it we have it pretty good like i'm i'm good like i go to church like i pray you know i don't need to do all this other stuff like that's the thought (laughs) yeah one of the one of the greatest inhibitors to holiness is the devil was bringing in your ear, like saying, "Like, well, you don't have to be that holy. Like, yeah. you can let other people. You're, you're not enough. that holy. Like, yeah. you're, you're not. You're not made to be like a saint. Yeah, you, you can know, let those let those guys on the podcast be holy. Like, you you just listen <laughs> to it, and you know you'll be fine. I'm talking to you. You know who I'm talking to. And if they listen to our podcast, they know we're not holy. But we uh... <laughs> that's but that's the thing is that like we we can we play the comparison game so often is that like oh I'll never be as holy as that person right. I'll never be able to do this. Oh, I'll yeah, never be able to yeah. do that. So like, what's the, this is in, I'm reading this book, um, time for God by Jacques Philippe. And it's all about this is like the biggest, you know, inhibitor or one of the biggest inhibitors that you just talked about is the comparison of saying like, Oh, well I suck so much in all these different areas. So it's pointless for me to pray. Right. It's mm-hmm. pointless for me to do anything because I'm already so far gone. And like this is, I kind of tweeted about this the other day. Is that like that's what the devil uses to say, like, okay, you're you're already too far gone. You you have sinned so much, you don't need to pray. Like, because it's not worth it. Even for somebody that's like a committed Catholic, you know, after you commit a mortal sin or you you fall to that temptation that, you know, you've been struggling with for a long time, the 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 temptation from the devil is to turn away from God, you know, until you've gone to confession or until like the sting of that sin goes away and it's kind of like numb, right? Because we don't want to go to God when it's like raw and it's just happened yeah, and it hurts. hurts because 
we don't feel worthy to run to the father yeah. and to be embraced by his, his, his outstretched arms, you know, we, we like, we like cover it in gauze and then we like bury it deep, deep mm-hmm. down. And mm-hmm. what that does is it's it, the thing. You're going to have to deal with your wounds eventually. Yeah. Right? You're going to have to deal with these things eventually. And the, the risk is you being hurt a lot right now mm-hmm. versus like, cause it, I, I, hmm, I don't know how to put this. It's, it's, you, you could you could be comfortable right now and hurt more down the road, mm-hmm. or you could hurt a lot right now and then feel better down the road. And we are, we're really short sighted. Oh yeah. When it comes to pain, like, well, I would rather put off the pain. I'm the I'm the same way with the dentist, <laughs> or at least I used to be. You know, like I I know that I don't floss, mm-hmm. and I know that if I go to the dentist, it's gonna hurt a lot. And my mom's like, would you like to go to the dentist at the beginning of the summer, at the end of the summer when you come back home? I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, definitely the end of the summer. Mm-hmm. I'll definitely floss on my own. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you will. Yeah. For sure. And, like, I'm definitely going to floss. And, like, by then, like, I'm, I'm going to be so good at flossing that, like, it's not even going to hurt a little bit. Of the dentist. Mm-hmm. It's going to be great. And then here I am 10 weeks later. And then I'm Ooh. like, oh, wow, this hurts more now. So, so anyway, what I'm saying is I have gingivite. No, I'm just kidding. I'm but, at a loss without, <laughs> without my floss. floss. They showed me some scary pictures of the dentist, Ethan. They mm-hmm. they scared me straight. This is this is now a dent a dental cast. Everybody, we need to start flossing because periodontitis is very common in in America. Three out of four Americans have it, and it's because we don't floss. And it's okay now because we're kids and our body's like fighting off the plaque and the disease. But it catches up to you when you get older, and then you lose bones and you can't get bones back. So you're saying so if we I don't all start. So you're saying if I don't floss, my femur's just gonna disappear. Yeah, it's just gonna go. It's just no, gonna sure be can. gone. Your your mouth bones are gonna. Oh, my mouth bones. Gum. Okay, because you didn't specify. You just said bones, and so then I got scared that like my <laughs> ulna and my radius are just gonna up and leave. That was a, that was a, how many other bones do you know, Ethan? Uh, Phalanges. I think it's ulna and radi radial, not radius. Um, I think it's radial. Yeah. Yeah, my bad. Sorry, sorry to all of you uh, anatomy and physiology folks out there. I know the um, the femur, the to, what's the shin bone the tetna tetanus the tulsa what's it called um no tetanus is a is a shot when you get nicked by rust and uh and tulsa is a city in oklahoma so okay. i don't think either of those are right what were we talking about <laughs> the tibia oh oh okay. oh the tibia did you just google it that's not fair. i did not just google it okay we, um, um let's lock it we, back in so back to my dentist analogy so okay when you <laughs> rein it back in, like in a given interpretation of that analogy, it's like putting putting off the pain in the hope that you will fix it on your own by the time you have to get to the doctor. And like, that's really, really stupid, especially when you're dealing with God, because like we're dealing with these divine things that we cannot literally cannot fix on your own. TBH, you might be able to floss every day and then it's not going to hurt when you go to the dentist. But you can't get rid of your sin before you go to Jesus. Mm. Hmm. Let me let me take this biblical. Uh, Good. <laughs> so you know how I don't remember if I've talked about this on the podcast before, but you you made me think of it. It's like when Jesus says, "You know, my <laughs> my yoke is easy, my burden is light." Bless you. Thank um, you. And basically, when Jesus says that, like the when we when he wants us to enter into that yoke with him he wants us to be yoked with him he's giving us we have three we have three opportunities is we can either get in the yoke with him um stand on the side 
or oh maybe we only have two but we can either enter in the yoke we can either enter <laughs> there's, in, really two options, like, there's only two options when you just follow me you got two options you got yes or no <laughs> yes or yes or no or maybe um we can either oh the third the third option is to yoke by ourselves to to try to work on our own so uh. so we have we can either enter into the yoke with jesus and work the field with jesus and bear lots of fruit and it'll be hard at the beginning even though you know, the, the burden is lighter than it would be otherwise. Um, but we still get to eat. We still get to eat this fruit that we bear with Jesus, that we, that we work in the fields with Jesus. And like, this is, it will take some time, but eventually like we will be happy. We will be content. We will be filled. Right. Yeah. We work the field by ourselves. Um, we'll still bear some fruit maybe, but it'll be way less because we're just working by ourselves and it's, it will be next to impossible to carry that yoke on our own. We make it much, much harder on ourselves when we try to, we try to eat it and we end up kind of getting hungry, which means the next time around it's time to, you know, till the fields by ourselves. Then we don't have as much strength because we don't have as much food. And, you know, this cycle keeps going until eventually we die. Right. Um, the, the third option is to not work at all, which is fine. I mean, we, you might have some food stored up in your little knapsack. You might be able to eat and survive without working. Like that's cool. Um, you know, you, you can see Jesus working and you know, you really don't think that's for you. Uh, but eventually, you know, if you don't work to bear any fruit, you will, you'll eat up all the fruit that you have, and then you'll starve and die much, much quicker than if you try to work on your own and definitely quicker than if you try to work with Jesus. And so our aversion to pain and our aversion to risk should not be something that we necessarily consider when we're talking about a life with Christ, because he very specifically says, my 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 yoke is easy my burden is light like he takes away all of the risks like we talked about this a couple episodes ago is that like jesus resets the odds for mm-hmm. us you know like he came became one with us right died for us made it so that we don't ever have to worry about losing if we just follow him right mm-hmm. Like there's no, there's no risk here because there's no exposure to danger. The only exposure to danger is something that's temporal. That's, that is immediate, something that might hurt us now. But if we look at the entire eternity, if the, if the entire existence of our souls, then like, there's no risk at all because we know that the, the war has been won. Right. So like, there's no such yeah. thing as risk if it comes down to it in a Christian life, because if we truly believe the promises that Christ has made for us, we truly believe in all of the gifts that the Father has given us and in the power of the Holy Spirit to like reveal this to us in a true way, then there's no risk. And they're like, why, what are we doing? Right? Like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. I was talking, I was talking about this with uh, a Protestant. Um, I finally, I called one of those highway billboards. You know the ones I'm talking about? <laughs> you did? I did, yeah. Why? Because <laughs> Phoebe told me to when we were bored, and I did. Okay. And it was what did really it say? cool. What like, did it say? It Roger. What did the billboard sick. say? The the billboard, oh, I forget what it was, but it was like, heaven or hell, do you know where you're going? And something like that. And um, like, call now to talk or whatever. And I called him, and I was like, well, I called him. It was like, hi, my name's Roger. And I was like, what up? I'm Pat. And like, we started talking, and I was like, Oh yeah, I'm a theology major at a Catholic school. Like I, I didn't say that right away, but like later it came up, and it was it was kind of he's like, oh, Catholic. It was actually a really fruitful conversation. I'm not gonna go into it. Maybe I'll tell you later. But um, the point was he was talking to me about um assurance of salvation. Essentially, he was like, well, do you know that you're saved? And I was like, well, I'm 
I'm going to say the canned Catholic answer and then I will like explain it. But like, no, I, I do have a, a certain hope as St. Francis would say, I have a certain hope in my salvation. And he was like, well, what do you, what, when you say hope, what do you mean by that? And I was like, well, I mean, it's, it's, it's different than we use the word colloquially. And we talked about this in the podcast. Like, well, I hope I got an A on my math test, you know, right. but like, yeah. I don't really know if I did. It's not, it's not like wishful thinking hope. It's because, because hope is based on the words of the person who speaks them. And I have more faith in Jesus Christ and my ability to do math. So I was talking about that as like, well, when I, when I say hope and when we say we hope that we have salvation, it's because we followed the commands of Christ. And like, like you said, we've taken up his yoke and it it's risky because you hear the word hope and you're like oh no like mm-hmm. if what if i go down this path and i don't make it i said well yeah that that's part of the deal that's how it goes with everything in the world if you like what if i go down this path and i don't make it but if you yoke yourself with christ there is no risk if it's, you stay there it's to- here's the thing is that it's totally in your control though the only way that you cannot make it is if you choose to stop trying Basically. So does risk wait, I think I think we may have contradicted ourselves. Is there How? risk in the Christian life? I guess no. That, oh, you, because there's, there's no there's temporal risk. There's temporal risk, of course. Yeah. But like the thing is is that you have complete control. What I'm saying is you have complete control over your life, right? And Yes. Let me back this up. So like I kind of contradicted myself, but at the same time, like if you give complete control of your life over to Christ, then you are saying, like, I am not going to give up. Like I am going to keep doing this because I give everything, my wills, my desires, like everything to, to Christ. And so in theory, if you do that and you truly mean it, then you will never have the, the opportunity or the chance to say like, Oh, I'm not going to do this anymore. You know? And so like by giving Christ control, then you are saying like, okay, there's no chance that I'm going to fall off this path. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. It's kind of but sloppy, but I, I think I I think I get what you're saying because the Christ isn't a risky choice. Exactly. In himself, like he is not. A if you, risk, lay, if you lay out all the facts, for you. if you lay out all the facts, doing anything except following Christ is risky. Is risky because that's Cause you, where the danger is. I mean, it's it's actually almost it's almost not risky because like you know where you're going. That's like hey, you know you know what path you're going down, and it's not it's not good. It's like. But the risk is in you, you, the risk is in like your your life and who you are and who you think you're supposed to be because mm-hmm. Christ is going to take that and just demolish it. Because I think I think what we forget is that what we lack in martyrdom, Christ makes up for in other ways. Because he he's not going to save us from trials just because we live in the first world, right? Right. Like exactly. He's he's going to give us things that hurt to take away. Because we're so fluffy and comfy and attached to things, mm-hmm. he's gonna like turn up the heat and like make us like ma- make us go through some trials, like see to test us and see how much we love and how mm-hmm. dedicated we are. This this and, makes me think yeah. of a of I, was, I did a guys group last summer with some high school boys, and they were talking about like they were getting super amped up, and they were like one of them one of them asked you know would you guys die for the eucharist would you die for jesus and they were like yeah and they're beating their chests you know of course i would die for jesus and then he he dropped this hammer on him he said well would you guys get up and go to 615 mass every morning and they were like uh they like looked at their shoes you know they had had nothing to say (laughs) and 
those that's exactly what you're talking about is like yeah we might not be asked to die for christ today you know but there are many many ways that christ is asking us to die to ourselves and you know maybe there is a daily mass that's a little bit too early that you've been putting off going to you know maybe there is <laughs> a confession time that you know that you can make but you choose not to because you'll just go next week you know maybe- I, I i'm reminded of a tweet by thomas T- ty uh-huh um what do we want? More accessible daily mass times. When do we want them? Everyone mumbles different mass times that work best for their schedule. <laughs> Seriously, though, Sorry, like man. if you're if you're looking for a way to take risks to to become a martyr, to become a saint for Christ, like it's probably sitting at the parish nearest you, and you just aren't going. One so, time, a priest of Franciscan read up. Um, the detailed martyrdom of Saint Isaac Jogues and companions. Mm-hmm. Um, and he talked about what the uh, the tribes that they evangelized did to them in response to their evangelization, and then he on on his feast day, and then he stopped and he was like, "All right, now do you want to die? Like, do you want to die for Christ? Like, ask yourself, do you want to die for Christ? Because these guys had like it was like bamboo shoots up their fingernails, Ugh. like all this like stuff with the entrails, and like they watched their friends die and all this stuff and just horrific, horrific stuff, and." Father Gregory goes like, do you want to die for Christ? Because when you think I'm going to die for Christ, you think of like a quick, a quick one, uh-huh. a quick one off. Bullet like, to the head, please. Thanks. That's the only martyrdom that, I'm that's, interested that's in. What I, I, I had that same, that same experience at a Bible study where it was like, would you die for Christ? I'm like, are you kidding me? A bullet to the head and straight entrance into heaven? Pff, sign me up. No, don't actually. But like <laughs> it, it, cause it's, it's all a theory, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, it's theoretical. It's not something that I am facing right now. So it's like, it's like asking me like, Hey Patrick, would you go to the moon if you could? I'd be like, oh, yeah, I totally go to the moon. Cause it's not something that's happening to me. I guess it could, but it's not something that's happening. So I don't have to worry about it. Mm-hmm. If someone actually asked me like, Patrick, would you go to the moon and like spend a year away from your friends and family? I would have to seriously think about that, you know, but asking me instead, Patrick, would you go to set, not even six fifteen, seven thirty mass mm-hmm. and like start going to bed earlier for Jesus would you do it? And I would say I I want to, but I don't know if I have the power to. That's a, that's my honest and this, answer. And this I, is the I'm thing about this. this is the thing about risk is that I mean, if you know risk takers, if you know adrenaline junkies, like they've got to keep upping the ante until they can do like the mega thing that they want to do. You know, like you yeah. you jump off of a of a five thousand foot mountain, then you jump off of a seven thousand foot. I don't know how these things work, but you know, you you gradually increase it so that finally they can jump off of Mount Everest and like not be worried about it because they've taken all these other risks. And I think that that goes the same with like our our lives with Christ. Obviously, like you take you take the risk, quote unquote, of going to seven thirty mass every day. You do that over and over again, and you build up this habit of quote unquote risk taking, which is really just a habit of virtue. Um, then when the time comes, you know, if the time comes and somebody says, you know, are you Christian, you know, holding a gun to your head or holding bamboo shoots to you, to your fingernails, then you can say yes, because you've taken these risks your whole life and you've lived this way your whole life. And it's not just a, all of a sudden thing where you have to choose, you know, it's, it's all about, are are we going to choose Christ every single day so that if we ever get asked to choose Christ over, you know, our own lives that we can say yes. And that's what it comes down to is just the day in day out perseverance, um, which again, doesn't sound risky, but it's, <laughs> it, it will be if you let it. So 
I don't know. That's that's my closing thought. That's where I'm at. I still haven't thought of the most risky thing I've ever done. Really? Are you sure? I think I think bacon grease probably like the bacon grease thing wins. Hey, it. listen, that's a small risk that will end up. I'll end up being able to cook a sirloin steak on a grill without my shirt on. Mm-hmm. That'll be the main the main attraction at your restaurant. It'll be called shirt, <laughs> shirtless Pat cooking again to the sequel. Back fat Pat. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Um. Let's uh. Sweet. Let's let's end the show. Tell the people. Where they can find us, I'll pull up maybe a crunch of the week that I draw maybe. from iTunes uh, podcast reviews, and then we'll get out of here so that I can eat breakfast, drink some coffee, celebrate my brother's graduation from high school. Happy graduation from high school, Ryan. Alex. Ryan, yeah. Alex. Alex. Dang yes. it. Sorry, guys. You're right. You're right. This is why they unfollowed me. All right. Yep. You can follow me at Patrick Nevy. Wait, no. You can follow me at Catholic Pat. I'm sorry. I forgot. <laughs> you can follow Ethan at Bropostle on Instagram at Ethan Stevie or at Patrick Nevy. I, I, I. Patrick Nevy third. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash thecrunchcast, uh, www.thecrunchcast.com. We're also on Twitter at thecrunchcast. And uh, you can email us any questions monthly mailbag things uh at patrick patrick at the crunchcast.com ethan at the crunchcast.com uh can you give him the phone number real quick 785-251-3989 and this is just a friendly reminder that we're missionaries now so if you want to know how you can support my mission with adore ministries in houston texas working with youth ministry and a little bit of hurricane relief on the side it's kind of a side hustle uh helping people (laughs) Um, you can, you can email me, Patrick at the crunchcast.com to talk about how you can support my mission. And Ethan is going to be a focus missionary at TBD. Yeah. I don't know yet. To be determined. I leave for training. Um, I leave for training on Friday. So I'll find out sometime in the next few weeks. Uh, so if you're wanting to get a postcard from me at training, send me your address and I will send you something. Ethan at the crunchcast.com. Hit me up. Thank you to the people that have already emailed both of us uh, willing to support. We really appreciate it. Um, I know that I haven't necessarily replied to everybody yet just because I've been doing lots of other things. So yes. when the time comes, you will you will get a notification in your inbox from me and also Pat. So thank you. Uh, Crunch of the Week comes at us from Catholic Lion King. Um, not Is that ca- Dane? I don't know. It's, it's probably Dane. It's the title is Teresa is hilarious. Five stars. This was a great episode. Thank you, Teresa, for showing one could be funny without being crude. Prayers for all of you. Thank you, Catholic Lion King. Uh, that was for our episode last week that we did with our friend Teresa, or two weeks ago. I don't remember when it was, but it was all about how funny Teresa was. So if you haven't listened, yeah. go back and listen. Um, and if you want to leave a review, that's on iTunes. That's where I get those from. Five stars or less. That's your call. <laughs> More than five stars, you can you can mail us a gold sticker mm-hmm. shaped like a star, mm-hmm. and we will credit it to your account. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you, you'll become an emerald member, an emerald contributing member if you if you do this. You can you can sign up for the the crunch credit card today at www.thecrunchcast.com. Zero percent cash back. I was gonna say zero percent APR. No, 0% APR for the first year. Yeah, and then 5%, cash 5% cash back on, cash back on, on groceries purchases. on groceries and gas. <laughs> All right. Uh, that credit card goof was really the way that we should have ended the show. So it was great. Uh, I'm going to sign it off.
All right. Okay. okay. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Thank you all for listening. Thank you all for listening. Please pray for us. We'll be praying for you, and we will see you on the Twitters. Twitters.